Blog Talk Radio. Question I want to ask is pick one 
But who is your NFL MVP? I've heard some outlandish names for MVP from some of the pundits. Someone here with my co-stars. I mean, I'm so, well, yeah, you can call them co-stars, co-hosts, but they're co-stars too because they're stars in their own right. And then last but not least, we're going to do power rankings, talk a little bit about the upcoming games. Then we're going to get out of here so everybody can continue Christmas shopping, baking cookies, drinking coquito, or whatever you may be doing on this Wednesday night. But as you all both know, I don't do this alone. I've got my two knowledgeable co-hosts with me. I'm introducing them both at the same time. You know why? Because I can. I got my younger brother, the man from the ATL, JB's in the house, and I got my other brother, the man from Indianapolis, K-Star, is in the house. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Did someone say Coquito? What's going on, y'all? K-Star, what's happening, man? Man, not much. Getting ready for this Christmas and um, this big Christmas game on Sunday with my Steelers. You have a big game on Sunday. Oh, my man. God. We're going to talk a lot, don't we? But, man, <laughs> that has got to be the Christmas gift for you. I mean, don't get me wrong. You've got the lovely child, and, and nothing can top that. Okay, Let's not go there. But beyond that, and the family impact, you cannot ask for a better Christmas gift than to get your team against the Ravens. And if I'm right, and I'm usually right, if you win, it's your division. Is that is that a fair statement? Is that correct? Yeah, it's for the division, essentially. Um, if we win, we, we win the division. Yeah, that's right what I mean. So, I mean, I mean yep. you could be yep. break dancing, T-bowing, and all that stuff come Sunday night. I'm just saying. Mm. I'm just saying. That's, the, I'm just that's saying. the plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but listen, one thing I didn't talk about that's on the schedule, that 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 um, one thing I didn't mention that I want to I want to kind of talk about first, and I gotta find it now. You know, I'm using my iPad, well, because I can, and um, I've got to find I've got to find this thing, gentlemen. And I I wanted to get okay. Here we go. I wanted to get your takes on it. My 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 two co-hosts. So for those of you out here, um, you know, we don't really talk much um, college sports or college athletics uh, at all. We we don't really get into it. We don't really we we try to stay um, focused on the um, you know the NFL. We don't really talk college sports. We don't talk we don't really talk anything other than NFL. But every once in a while there is. Uh, something that hits the news that I think, um, oh, good, I just got Dr. Train's power rankings. You know, he's going to leave me out there without his power rank. I'm like, hey, man, just because, you know, just because you're going to the bowl don't mean you get off the hook, man. You got to send in the power rankings. I'm just saying, okay. So, anyway, um, so, you know, there was a case, um, uh, in uh, uh, I'm looking. I, I want to say it's California, and um, the the uh, young man's name is is Brock Turner. Okay, and um, if I have it correct, I'm, I'm trying to. He 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 was an athlete. He played something. I don't really remember what he played, but I think he was a swimmer. If I have it right, like like an all American swimmer. I can't find it, but swimming comes to mind. Okay, I think he was a swimmer like a really good swimmer. And this young man um, was accused of sexual assault. Went to court, and he got um, 
convicted on three felonies and sentenced to three months in jail. And the uh, defense attorney called for an investigation um, because they felt that, you know, that that penalty was light. Um, and, and, and in full disclosure, this this gentleman is Caucasian, okay? Um, you know, and I just think it's important that, that we put that out there, okay? And uh, the judge is Caucasian, and I think it's important we put that out there too, all right? And so they did an investigation, and the... Um, whatever they call it, you know, like the ethics committees and all of that, um, said that they didn't see any wrongdoing, that the judge came to his uh, decision based on the law, and, you know, that's really all they can do. It's his decision, and hey, hey, we don't see any problem with the process, okay? So, fine. But that's not why, that's not really why I decided to touch on this real quick on the show before we get into other stuff. I don't agree with it. A lot of people don't agree with it. That's not what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. The father of this young man made some statements. Okay? Now, again, in full disclosure, I have two daughters. Okay? JB, if I remember correctly, you have a daughter. Is that right? Uh, That's correct. Uh, Kate, so if I remember correctly, you have a daughter. That's right. Yes, sir. So here's the father of this young man. And I'm not going to read everything. The guy wrote a whole letter. I'm going to read this one, the one statement about the sexual assault that he was convicted of. These verdicts have broken and shattered him and our family in so many ways. His life will never be the one that he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. That is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20 years of life. I'm going to read that again. These verdicts have broken and shattered him and our family in so many ways. His life will never be the one that he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. That is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20-plus years of life. I bring this up because, you know, we debate on this show. We, we discuss. We agree. We disagree. We try to give topics justice because we have no I mean we have loyalties to our twos but we don't I, I you know I don't care who I offend I'm not getting paid to do this neither is K-Star neither is JB neither is Dr. Train we're going to speak as frankly as we want and I don't care and I don't mean I don't care like this guy on ESPN who says he doesn't care because he does care okay you listen to him he cares because he always says like, that's my friend and all you know he, so he cares I don't have those relationships my co-host, we don't have those relations. We can say whatever we want, okay? I, I, I have to ask, I'm going to ask the newest father first. How do you feel about those comments from Brock Turner's father? Oh, they're just, they're disgusting. It's like 20 minutes of action, really, dude. It's like 20 minutes of horror for, you know, this girl. Right, so it's just the way it's being, the way the the frame is just disgusting to me. They, I, I can't even believe they even made a comment like that. Honestly, they might as well have just said, even if they felt that way, you know, being that they had their kid or whatever that is going through this, you know, they could have just said, you know, we're disappointed by the verdict of the, you know, of the judge and jury. Like that could have been it. But 
to minimize it for, you know, the girl and her family is just disgusting. Like, it's just awful. Okay. I I, kind of counted that you would say that. Um, I actually believe you would say that even if you weren't a father, but I think it it brings it home more when you have a daughter of your own. Now, Jay, I'm not going to ask you the same question because, you know, we we, we both know you well enough to know what you're going to say. Okay, so I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a little bit of a different question. You want to expand on that and, and give the give an answer to it. You know, we don't we don't we don't we don't censor anybody on the show. But I'm going to ask you another question. And hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, bro. Okay, but I'm going to ask you because you know why? Because Doctor Train calls you JB, the voice of reason. So I'm going to ask you if you think I'm wrong. Twenty year old Caucasian, Stanford University, all American swimmer, three months. Okay. For sexual assault, not rape, but sexual assault. Had he been black, how much you want to bet it wouldn't have been a three-month sentence? That's my opinion. Now, JB, if I'm wrong, you have the floor, man. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I can't say that you're wrong. Shoot, three months. You need to add some zeros behind that three. If it was, if it was anything outside of being Caucasian, I'm not saying anything other than just point blank saying what it is. But before I go further into that, let me delve back into the original question that you asked, Case, and just say, number one, I did hear about this story earlier in the year, and it was completely asinine for any father of any age or any race, any creed, what have you, to say these kinds of things. It's one thing to stick up for your son, but you know what? Like, like our father said, when you're wrong, you're wrong, and there's no way of getting around it. I don't want to hear nothing about 20 minutes of of, of Whatever you call it, case start hit it right on the head. Twenty minutes or four. Jimmy, stop and think about how the, the the this female feels. She's going to be horrified for life, and and you're worried about your son and his little twenty minutes. Give me a damn break. I'm not gonna say anything further because mom might be listening. And I don't want to mm, on that one. But going back to <laughs> what you were saying, no, no, we're not seen much. We've seen we've seen accusations. And folks get the book thrown at them. Just accusation, let alone conviction, just accusation. So that's an easy one to say, no, you're not wrong at all. Not one bit, not even close. Let, let that be me. I don't care if all, all American, all Pacific, all Atlantic, all Southeast, Northwest, whatever you want to call it. They have me underneath the jail. I don't even know if I get a trial, let alone be able to talk about it. So heck no, you ain't wrong. And in case star, I didn't mean to not ask you that question. Um, you know, your 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 position on racial sensitivity varies. And to be honest, I ain't in the mood to hear somebody tell me that I'm wrong, so I'm not going to ask you because I know I'm right, period. I'm not even willing to debate or discuss it. And that's not the reason I brought it up. The main reason I brought it up was the original point about the, the, the parental comments as a parent, as a father. Uh, which we all are. Um, I'll I'll just go ahead and say I'm the senior father on the show. I've got two daughters, one twenty, one sixteen. Okay, and if that had been my daughter, either one of my daughters, and their uncle is on this line too, he wouldn't have been able to pull me off this father's behind. Had I heard that, okay, that's the bottom line right there. Uh, point blank, me and this guy, I'm not even gonna say we would have had a problem. I would have said I would have looked at my brother. I would have said. You better, you better uh, get the bail money, and it would have taken it would have taken some NATO peacekeepers 
to get me off of him because it's disrespectful, it's unimaginable, and you, you sitting up there like your son didn't do anything? You sitting up there like he's just, he shouldn't be what? He ruined his career. He ruined his life. It wasn't a verdict. It was his action. And you're condoning it? I mean, if I had a son and my son did some stuff like that, let me tell you something. I would say y'all could have been in jail longer. Because if you let him out now, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to yep. kill him. Yep. Okay? If I had, I don't have a son. But if I did and I, and he, boy, and hey, my brother's on the line and we know how our father was. If we had ever, ever even remotely done any, I mean, I don't, man, I don't even talk back to my mama and I'm an old man. I don't even talk back to my mama now. Never mind even think about some level of sexual assault on anybody, on any, on any woman. Because of how we were raised. And I'm hearing this father talking about what this verdict is doing to his son. And his, what? So what you're saying, Dad, is it's okay. Man, I, you know, I'm going to move on from this topic. In case I certainly didn't mean to, you know, assume that you wouldn't have agreed. I just, the mood I'm in right now is just best we move on from this topic. Because it, it just... On many different levels, one, because I'm a father, and two, because I have daughters, if this were, I I would literally, there would be a problem. There would be a problem. And y'all would have to continue the Madden voice without me. Because I'd be sitting up there in jail somewhere with a big smile on my face. I killed him. This place yeah. would be too for short, tell you that right now, because I don't know about you. I'm a little light on my feet than you, so I'd be quicker on them. You'd have to go get the bail money. Because I've been on them before you could. Because your, your two girls are like my daughters. I got uh, Michelle here with me. Those are like my daughters, and I have a daughter on my own. So uh, we'd be taking turns. It'd be like, um, what's that movie with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson? Uh, Money Train? At the end of them? Yeah. At the end of them? Yeah, it'd be just like that. I ain't going to hit them. You yeah. hit them. I ain't going to hit them. You hit them. We'll both hit them. That's how it would be. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I heard it on, on Mike and Mike in the morning. And, and Golick was on there, and he was talking about it because he had two sons and a daughter, and he was absolutely livid. And I'm trying to drive and control myself at the same time listening to this because I wanted to go through the, the, the car radio and go through whatever lines I could to find this dude and choke him to death. He deserved, just for those comments alone, he needed to be in jail right next to his son for multiple years, multiple months, years, years. He simply doesn't get it. He's an embarrassment. The fatherhood, he's an embarrassment to parenthood to come out and say something like that. Absolutely appalling. And, and ladies and gentlemen, when you hear the term white privilege, this is what we're talking about. This is it right here. Okay, so for those out there that never understood what that term meant, there it is. There's an example. And, and, and again, I got white Wait. friends. I'm just saying, to have that mentality, to have that mentality, that's it right there. Go ahead, K-Star. Yeah, that's, I don't think it's a white privilege thing. I think it's a money privilege thing because the fact of the matter is that just spe- that the person speaking, the father's just being arrogant, thinking that they could buy their way out of the situation. I don't think that it's a, I'm white, I'm better. It's a, hey, I have money. I used to get myself out of the situation. So I think that it's more of an economical thing when it comes to that type of Stuff in court. Kind of, 
not a racial thing. If I had the money, if I had just as much money as as this this so-called father did, and I use that term loosely, if I had the same amount of money as him, trust me, trust me when I tell you, it wouldn't be the same outcome. It would not be the same outcome because the first thing they see is the color of your skin, not the green in your wallet. That comes number two. And I'm just being straight up honest with you. Yeah, and, and I think I don't disagree with you, K-Star. The father may be coming from a money point of view. I'm saying as a black man, when we look at it, we look at that as that's white privilege because you had a young, um, affluent son, an affluent family, and a white judge. And so there you have it, okay? I'm not saying the father is sitting up there saying that. You're damn right. Father's got some money. He's sitting up there saying, hey, I spent some money and get us out of this. You know, and I think there was some, I, I'd have to go back and read read on this because I had been following it, but it really didn't catch my attention until I heard the father's comments. Then it caught my attention, but I believe they questioned uh, the judge, and I think the judge might have also went to Stanford, so there was some question about that. So, you know, now you start talking about, yeah, the good old boys network and all of that. So that's why I'm saying from the outside here looking at that because, you know, um, like Jay said, you know, if, if, when I go to court, you know, with the, with the, with the, I, I, I'll just say this: you could say OJ was the exception, but where's OJ right now? <laughs> He's in jail, right? So even though he he may have gotten away with murder, and I wouldn't debate anybody on whether he did it or not, I believe at this point his actions have showed me that he did kill those two people. But he ends up back in jail because of trying to, for how many years they put him away because of the his own memorabilia and the whole he pulled a gun on someone. And the lady pretty much said, the lady pretty much said, I mean, she didn't say it in so many words, but she pretty much said, yeah, you got away with something once, you ain't getting away with this. You know? So, you know. I'm just, I'm just saying. There was another case, you know. I can go on and on. There's a thing with Chad Ochocinco. He was in jail, and they put a plea bargain in front of the, in front of the lawyer. I'm not going, but not in jail. But he was on his way, and the judge did a plea bargain. He had, he had um, did something, you know, to his then wife at the time, and you know, so the judge put together, uh, the, the defense attorney put together a plea bargain for Ocho, and. Um, the judge accepted. The judge was in court with Chad Johnson saying, you should thank your lawyer. He did a good job representing you, and I'm going to accept this plea bargain. And, you know, you got a good lawyer, and he did a good job. Ocho looks at him and says, thank you, appreciate it. Pat him on the butt. Like, hey, you know, he's a football player. That's what they do. The judge looked at him Man. and said, I don't think this is funny. <laughs> I don't think this is funny. Rescinded the, um, rescinded the, the, the agreement right on the spot. Because he did that. Cause she, and she yeah, she was pissed. She was, she was offended. She was offended. I saw the clip of it. I actually saw it recently on yeah. Football Life. She was all offended and all this other stuff. All offended. He had to, <clears> and they sent him to jail, and he had to apologize. It's because everyone was laughing. It's because everyone was laughing. That's why. I think she got laughing pissed. Because it was funny. Because, but you just said, thank your lawyer. You just said it. Hey, you know who he is. He has a career of you know, entertaining people. You just so okay. With, you know, he's happy. I be happy to why I gotta go to jail. Hey man, I might have kissed the man. You know what I'm saying? And you, you go because you got offended. And sorry, K Star, JB, I have to point out, white judge. Do you 
brother but, up there that he would have no, offended? No, it can't be that. I don't believe it's that. It, you also remember the judge was a woman, so, I mean, she probably was pissed yeah. off anyway that right. because he's, like, a guy that, you know, got away with this essentially on the really short deal, probably because he's such a great lawyer because he's rich, I mean, she probably didn't feel great about doing it anyway, and then, you know, she made fun of it essentially in the court okay, but then and mocked. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, wait, wait. I, I agree. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, I don't think it's it. just white. I think it's because she's a female, even more so. I mean, it doesn't oh, make well, sense, this, I guess. This is, this, is, this is, again, where you all have to wake up and smell a little bit of the coffee because she's a white female dealing with a black man. It's absolutely. If that had been a black woman, <laughs> I have no belief then anything would have changed. She would have smiled, and she would have said, oh, that's pretty funny, and that life would have went on. But a white woman, because she is a white woman, this is what happens when we go to court. This is what we have to fear. And you know what's sad about it, Case Star is? If that had been you up there, and it was a white judge, right, and you had went up there, we would have had no doubt that it had nothing to do with race. But with blacks, we always have to ask that question. Always. And sometimes we're wrong. How do we know? And that's what the yeah. society has to understand is, you know what? We'll never know. She's not going to come out and say, well, yeah, because he was black. But she ain't going to say that. But we'll never know. Ever. So, on that note, yep, let's that's move true. on. JB, I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to go to K-Star. A lot of talk this week about Zeke and, 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 and those cowboys, and a lot of talk about the um, – you know, about the, um, um, hold on. How about them cowboys? Hey, 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 Yeah, you know that was coming. But hold on, hold on. The, 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 the switchboard has lit up, man. The switchboard has lit up. I'm wondering if he's just driving and listening or whether this guy wants to come on the show. Dr. Train, because you might be just listening, if you're interested in joining us, press 1, please. And then I will see that you want to come on the show because Dr. Train was supposed to be bowling tonight. So I don't know. He might just be listening. He might be just like driving and say, let me get a little sneak listen. So, Dr. Train, if you want to come on the show, ah, there he goes. Let's bring on Manny, man. Hey, man, Dr. Train, pleasant surprise. Welcome to the Madness. Hey, what's up, fellas? I might have to offer a bit of an apology because I just realized what time y'all actually said the show was going to start. <laughs> Uh-huh. So that means I have a little time. Yeah. Oh. I'm so used to starting at 6 my time, and I just realized, wait, they said an hour ahead. I don't go to 6.30, so I'm here. Yeah. Oh, see that? Sure that? Well, see, and, you know, the thing is, we moved the time because you always liked 6 your time. So when you said you wasn't, you know, going to join us, I said, hey, guys, you want to go an hour early? You know, let's go early. So, you know, so, hey, but good to have you on the show, Dr. Train, even, for, even if it's brief. Um, good to have you on your show. So you know what? Since we'll go to you first, then on this next topic, um, you just missed a good one, but that's okay. You'll listen to it. Um, Zeke and the Salvation Army bucket. So there has been scuttlebutt by players that think that because it's, it, because it's the Cowboys and because you know that that, that the, the no prop rule isn't being enforced properly. And they feel like, you know, uh, Beckham said it. A couple other players came out and said, hey, you know, I don't, I don't understand, you know. So I'm going I'm to go to you, Train, since you're here. Do you agree with the NFL's decision to not find Ezekiel Elliott for jumping in the bucket um, on, uh, for the game? 
Okay, short answer is yes, I agree. Uh, uh, long, annoying answers. I don't know why this is the top of the conversation. <laughs> the second part of the answer is the rule is do not go to the ground in your celebration and do not celebrate. Uh, quite honestly, don't celebrate with your teammates in some kind of planned whatever or group celebration. So you didn't break any rules. I don't see what the big deal is. Well, in fairness, they're saying by jumping into the bucket, you're using the bucket as a prop. And the other part of the rule is you, you cannot use a prop when celebrating. So that that's what they're saying is the violation. That's why he was penalized on the field. So they did penalize him 15 yards. It, it, you know, the kickoff after the play was from the oh, 20 and not okay. from the 35. So he was penalized during the game. But then the NFL said that he would not be fined. So oh, Beckham and other players get... are saying, why, why, you know, if that had been me, they would have fined me. If he was penalized, then he probably should have been fined. I didn't realize it was somebody on the field before because I didn't, I didn't necessarily uh, see, see that part or so see that touchdown. Uh, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay. All right. JB. Yeah. We now, you know, we know you're a pro cowboy guy, so we'll put that out there first. But you know, train calls you the voice of reason. So, what do you think? Should he have been fined? No, shouldn't have been fined. And, and this is not even a, a cowboy fan hat I'm putting on. It could have been one of the Buccaneers, and I still would have felt the same way because NFL does stand for no fun league, and they need to get rid of it. I remember back in the day, Joe Horn grabbing the cell phone as a proper talking phone. I thought it was hilarious. I, I found that to be entertaining. And and we have to understand that these are not just professional football players. In some aspect, they are entertainers. So, no, I don't think he should have been fined. Not to mention it would have been hypocritical because I also found out it made the NFL.com's website as one of the best uh, touchdown celebrations of the year. So if you're going to put it on the and, – and basically advertise it on the website of your own and turn around and find the guy, that seems hypocritical. Not to mention, it was for a good cause. And if I remember the numbers correctly, they experienced a 61% increase after that occurred and a whole bunch of donations come in in the form of $21 every time it came in. So from that perspective, as well as the, the fact I don't like this whole no fun league and how they have everything done, I agree. fine. So I'm glad that they didn't. Okay. Uh, K-Star, your thoughts? I understand the penalty. Um, I don't think that you should get fined. I like that they didn't. That was pretty cool. Just because of, you know, the the good cause and the attention that it brought, you know, uh, especially in the holiday season. So I do think that probably should be consistent, but at the same time there are exceptions to the rules, and I think in this case – this should apply um, because it is for a good cause. It's getting the right discussion being talked about, and that's helping others. Like I just don't see why that's an issue. So here, here's here's my problem. I, I, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to say he should have been fined because they threw the flag. I'm going to say he shouldn't have been penalized because here, here's why. We saw Cam Newton, and we saw the, the, the slide and the graze on the head, and they came back and said, 
forcible contact, no forcible contact, therefore no penalty. Okay? Most people looked at that and said, you still hit his head, this should have been a penalty. But the refs interpreted the rule, interpreted the rule to say, we don't think he slid late, no forceful contact, no penalty. So at their discretion, even though you can clearly see his head jar, you can clearly see there was contact, but at their discretion, they didn't feel that it was roughing the, the passer or, or unnecessary roughness or whatever the late hit or whatever the, the official terminology would be. Okay? So let's now move on to the Cowboy game. You see, um, the, you know the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL – have a partnership with the Salvation Army. That's a partnership. This isn't like some third party. This is this is an official partnership. He goes and jumps in the bucket, which anybody with any sense of, of common sense would know is only going to bring attention to the charity that is a partner to the NFL that pays the referee's salary. Why couldn't they get together and say, we understand that there's a rule here. We understand it says no prop, but do we really consider the Salvation Army bucket a prop because he jumped in it? He didn't pick it up and dance around it. He didn't do like Chad Ochocinco and play golf with it. He didn't He didn't even do like T.O. and drop a, a, buck, a ball in it, which I still would say would have been okay. He he jumped in it, made a little like peek out of it, and then jumped out of it and kept going. That's it. To me, they should have got together and said, hey, our discretion, no penalty. Then you have no issue of him getting fined because you don't throw the flag. The only reason the fine is being questioned because they penalize him. And here's the bigger problem. You penalize him, so you kick it off from the 20-yard line. But thank God that one of the uh, 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 Cowboys uh, special teams players made a great tackle, or you're giving the Bucks the ball probably at the 40-yard line instead of the 25. And how does that affect this game? Over something that ultimately he didn't even get fined for? I think the NFL, you know, I get it. You have rules. You should have rules in place. I think the celebration rules are all ridiculous. I don't care. I, 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 it's entertainment. I like every single one they do. I mean, I, you know, don't be out there all day shucking and jiving, but 10, 15 seconds of whatever it might be, man, we love all that. So what's the, what's the reason? I've never understood the reason to not allow it in the first place. Billy White, Hughes Johnson, Deion Sanders, Chad, T.O., Joe Horn, all these guys went out there and did their thing. What's the problem? How is it hurting the game? So, to me, don't even penalize this. Not because That's the rule is, is the rule, but if you can subjectively enforce every other rule out there, then why can't you subjectively enforce this one and say, hey, hold up. I get it. No props, but Salvation Army bucket? Really? Come on, guys. Let's let this one go. This one ain't a big deal. Quite. This is okay. Quite honestly, part of the part of the reason for having this rule, I mean, the players are part at fault for it, for whining about the, some of the celebrations and stuff they were getting beat. And that I do remember. And I'm not saying okay. they were the main reason for insensitive, but they're definitely they're definitely part of the reason. You know, because they didn't like Steve Smith getting down in a rowboat. You know, they ain't like uh, T.O. going out and pull out a sharpie. They, you know, they feel like, oh, you can just score the touchdown. They feel like it's too much. I'm just like, dude, get over it. You don't want them to do it, don't let them score. Yeah, see, I don't have a problem. You know, I got on cam last year 
because he was doing stuff on the sideline during the game. You know, and I felt that that was disrespectful. But, you know, I'd have a problem with his Superman celebration or his dabbing after he scored. You know, and I'm like, you know, my only thing with Cam was, but, hey, when you get your butt kicked and you do a post-game interview, you better get up there and be a leader of that team. But I had no problem. If you're going to celebrate, and I just said, hey, when you lose, I be up there and be a man. Don't be over there pouting like a little kid. But I had no problem with him celebrating. I had no problem with anybody celebrating. I think I hope the competition committee takes a look at this in off season. This is just ridiculous. And JB, you're right. <clears throat> increase increase donations like by sixty something percent and well over two hundred thousand dollars, roughly, just because of that one act. So you know what I mean? Like, what's the issue here? And 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 Beckham, shut up, shut up. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all didn't hear me. Shut up. Okay, good. That dude is such a whiner, man. Oh, he's getting on my nerves, man. I got all the respect in the world for his talent. But, man, he, he just, I mean, he made T.O. look like freaking Marvin Harrison. You know what I mean? I mean, he just doesn't stop. Am I wrong? He just he is as bad as I have ever heard in the NFL about whining and complaining about something. Always got to be, you know, dude, it ain't about you. All right. Moving along, moving along, moving along. Um, since we have train, and I don't know how long we have train for. How long do we have before train? Um, to about six thirty my time. About six thirty your time? Yeah. Well, what time is it now? Your time, man. You gotta help me out here, man. I don't live out there. Oh, uh, five thirty-nine. So. Oh, okay. Five forty okay. to about an, almost an hour, fifty okay. minutes. Okay. Okay. So then, let me jump into one of the hot topics. This one, this one should be good. So listen, we got two regular season games left. We we know we know that you know, and, and I should pull up you know pull out my uh, NFL mobile app so I can um, you know be accurate here. We know in the AFC, we know New England and Oakland are going to the playoffs. They have clinched. I believe they are the only ones currently um, in the AFC. Let me just double check. New England has clinched, and the Raiders have clinched. So we know they're definitely gone. And the NFC, the Cowboys have clinched, and the Seahawks have clinched. So we know that those four teams are gone. And um, we all have opinions on who the other four teams in each division is going to be. But what I want to know right now, man, it, 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 now this is this we ain't going to do this every week. We're doing this now, and then that's it until we get in the playoffs. So with two weeks to go, with a lot of football left to play, I want y'all to pick your two teams that you think. You don't got to say who's going to win, okay, because we want to see who's right first, and then we'll wait to do Super Bowl predictions and see who's right or who's the closest out of us for, okay. But I'm, I'm writing these down. But I want to hear who you think. Your two teams, AFC versus NFC, Super Bowl. Make your picks now, okay. Going to start with the voice of reason. We're going to start with Jay Vick. Well, I'm going to go with the Cowboys and the Patriots uh, simply because I think the team that's going to be home for the entire playoff duration is going to be the one that makes it, uh, and it's a tough one because either side of the equation, AFC or NFC, to me it's still wide open. Uh, the Giants, I expect them to be in the playoffs, and they're hot. Their defense is actually playing well. Falcons have a high-powered offense. I can see them getting in and, and going deep as well. Can't forget about Seattle. 
even though they have Earl Thomas out on IR, that's still a formal opponent. But at the end of the day, every team strives to, one, win their division, and two, get home field advantage throughout the entire playoff. So for those reasons, I'm going to say Cowboys and Patriots. Okay. And, and, and in all fairness, guys, I just want to hear, I, I mean, I appreciate all the other stuff. We know about all the other teams. I don't hear all that. I just want to hear, who is your pick? Stick by your pick. Don't don't back, but don't saw well, I this other team. They got a high I mean, I don't want to hear all that because then it's, it's almost like, well, I remember I did say, no, 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 I want this pick to be solid. This is your pick. And, yeah, explain why. And if you're saying because you expect these to be the two number one seeds, that, that's fair. That's fair. I think if we look back, I don't have the statistic handy, but I think it's fair that there is a large percentage of number one seeds that end up in the Super Bowl. So so that's a well-thought-out uh, argument, and it doesn't even sound <clears throat> okay, <sorry. clears throat> homerish. There's actually a football reason <clears throat> okay, sorry, behind your pick, J.D., so uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, all right, Train, you're up. Football, your two teams going to the Super Bowl. Come on with it, baby. Mm. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm I'm pick my I'm gonna pick my two teams. I'm gonna yeah I'm I'm gonna pick my two teams just based off uh, some previous NFL experience and their knack to make it and, and do well in these times. So uh, I'm gonna go with Patriots and Giants. Giants versus the Patriots three. Ooh. Yeah. And that's an experience pick because these two teams have been there. The quarterbacks have been there. Yeah, I mean when you look I, at it, you see how you look at how teams like fight when they get to the when it comes playoff time. And those two teams like are battle tested for doing that. Okay. I I, I I get intrigued because I, I, I hear the hype about here we go again with the Giants. And, you know, they did it in 07, they did it in 11, and here we go again. And I get intrigued when I hear that because I, I would be curious how many of those players, I mean, they don't even have the same head coach as both of those two teams. Um, and I'd be, I think going back nine years to 07, I'd be luck, I think we'd be lucky to find five players from 07 that are still on the team. And 11, I mean, maybe there's more, but I think we find that the roster has pretty much been turned over pretty substantially. But yet, you know, especially Giant fans, they're saying, here we go again, like there's some connection. There's no real connection. Other than Eli Manning, it's a different team. You know, I mean, you guys are looking for reason to get happy and we're going to get hot and we're going to be on a run and we're going, well, okay. Um, if you do it, it ain't got nothing to do with what you did six years ago, the last time you were in the play. I'm not saying this to Ukraine. I'm saying this to the Giant fans out there that are on this that are on this bandwagon. Hey, maybe you do get on the run. They ain't got nothing to do with what happened six years ago when you ain't made the playoffs in the last six years. It, 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 that just happens to be what happened this year. There's no connection. No, but that's also no, but know, that's also what Train is saying though too. They're saying that it's experience based off what happened. Train's saying the same thing. Well, then I am saying it to you, Train. I just have heard it from so many Giant fans, especially after they beat the Cowboys. Here we go. We're getting hot at the right time. And, oh, 2011 all over again. No, it's really not. It's not the same team. 
not. I mean, go back and check the roster. It's not. You know, and so my my position on that, which is just my position, me, T, would be if they do it, that's this year. You know, that's what they did this year. You know, you can't ignore it at the last five or six. They didn't make playoffs. So what happened those years? They didn't get hot down the stretch. But now this year they get hot and it's had something to do with 2011? No. And, again, I hear that you're saying K-Star Train is saying that. I'm really not saying it to Train because I've got respect for Train's viewpoint. Okay, these these rabbit giant fans, especially after they beat the Cowboys and thought they won the Super Bowl, I have no respect for. You know, you beat us in two games by a total of four points, and you're running around like you just won a Lombardi Trophy. Get out of my face. See you in the playoffs, maybe. All right, that's just my my take on it. Um, K Star. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Call me a homer. Call me, call me a homer. That's fine because the Steelers are definitely my pick for the, from the AFC. And here's some good football reasons for you. Um, one, for, uh, Robert Kowski is not in, wait, wait, playing for the Patriots for the rest of the season. Can you at least give us your pick first? Can you at least give us the oh, pick yeah, and you can yeah. explain it? Yeah, the Steelers. I'm going actually uh, with the Steelers and the Cowboys. And, <clears throat> I mean, for me it's it's – Here's why. The Patriots are without their best offensive player in Robert Gronkowski. That's not named Tom Brady. Um, their defense, while it's been holding teams to really low uh, point totals, are not getting pressure on the quarterback. The Steelers, if you don't get pressure on Ben, they're going to eat you alive because they have the best perimeter receiver in football in Antonio Brown. Uh, they have Ladarius Green who's been stretching defenses. They have Le'Veon Bell who's going to beat the linebackers. You have to get pressure on the Steelers. The Raiders haven't been getting pressures on quarterbacks. They've been giving up points, more points um, than almost anyone in the NFL. You know, their, their bugaboo is their defense. They, they give up points in mass totals. Meanwhile, the Steelers, in their last five games, since they got on this win streak, have given up 14 points per game, which would be first, which is first in the NFL. The problem with the Steelers we didn't, earlier in the season was they weren't stopping anybody. Well, they're stopping people now. And when you look at it, it's because they got Bud Dupree back, who was at first round uh, draft pick from a year ago who's getting massive amounts of pressure on the quarterback and fixing our pass rush issue. So when you combine the fact that the Steelers have uh, an elite offense um, and you look at the the injury they can exploit against the, Grob, or the Patriots, which is not having Rob Gronkowski, and the fact that their defense is playing so well, I mean, to me, they're the most well-rounded team because of those reasons. And from the NFC side, I mean, the Giant or the Cowboys – I mean, they just control the game script, as I'll call it, and every game they play in. You can't really stop the running game. They're in manageable downs on offense in every game, and they're efficient. And on defense, <coughs> and on defense, you know, they, they, they pick with the ball from the other team's quarterback, and they, for the most part, hold teams down. Um, and so I like both of those teams to meet in the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I'm not going to give you a hard time about the Steelers because they are playing well. Um, and, you know, it, it, Ben Ben is a two-time Super Bowl champion. So you kind of can't – you can't ignore that. Um, um, you know, I think here, – here, here's, here's the problem for me. I watched the Patriots against the Broncos. Brady is just the best. And, you know, 
period. I mean, everyone's getting on Aaron Rodgers' bandwagon now because he said we might win them all down the stretch, and now they've won four in a row. But, you know, I look at the entire season. I don't look at the last four games or the last five games. I look at the whole season. And from the time Brady came in in week five to now, now we're going to talk NFL MVP in a little bit, but no one has played at a higher level this year during the games that Brady has played than Tom Brady, okay? And he's just so good. <laughs> I mean, he he's just that damn good. I'm not saying Ben isn't, you know, we put Ben in the four horsemen. Ben's always been up in that category, just not, you know, it's hard to, when, we, when we limit it to four and you've got Peyton and you've got Breeze and you've got Rodgers and you've got, you know, Brady, it's kind of like, all right, who do you take out if you put Ben in and, you know, it's it's hard because these guys are all, you know what I mean, it's hard. But with Peyton retiring, it was pretty easy to put Ben in there. So Ben deserves to be in the forest. Ben's phenomenal. But here here's my problem. Ben will throw in a clunker. You don't really see those clunkers from Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers will throw in a clunker. You don't see the. I mean, I'm sorry, Tom Brady said Peyton Manning. Like, Every NFL quarterback, even the top ones, will throw in a clunker. Dak has been playing great. Throwing a clunker. You don't really see those clunkers with Brady, though. He just doesn't, you know, he just doesn't do it. Yeah, he has a bad game. Okay. But you know that game where you just look and go, damn, not Tom Brady. So, you know, that, that's why, you know, I don't know. I don't know if your team's going to go in the box, bro, and, and beat the Patriots. So, anyway. <clears throat> So, <clears throat> I'm going with the Cowboys and I'm going with the Patriots. And up until this weekend, I was going with the Raiders. I, I don't think they're ready, though. I've had to, I, I would love to see the Raiders in there for my boy Chuck's uh, sake. You know, we talked about if the Raiders go, then him and I are going to go and watch the game together somewhere. Um, <clears throat> but I don't, I just think they're a year away. I think next year, look out. I think Brady will be one year older, and you know I think you know he ain't gonna be at that he ain't gonna be at that Superman level forever. So I think they're a year away. Patriots just don't look beatable right now to me. Um, and the Cowboys, man, you know I know a rookie's never even played in the Super Bowl, never mind won a Super Bowl. But this dude, Dak Prescott. I mean, you know, he is playing at a Tony Romo level as a rookie. The only thing really missing is the consistent down-the-field threat. That's it. Everything else he can do, which is unbelievable. After 14 games, he can do everything else. Read options, scramble, you know, check down, screens, you know, unbelievable. The only thing I'm waiting on is the consistent. That 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 he's been a little weak there and really getting the ball down the field. Some of that could be the Cowboys' fault, and I don't mean Dak. I mean the, the receivers getting open. So I'm not going to blame him, but I'm going to say I haven't seen it yet. If we start to see that, man, y'all, it's a wrap. The defense is starting to play well. Like, consistently, 
and Randy Gregory, unless the NFL comes out, I talked about it on the show last time, unless the NFL comes out with something, right now Randy Gregory's playing on, on Monday night. And Randy Gregory is their best pass rusher, and he's playing Monday night. So they're adding talent late in the season. Now, Grant, he ain't played all year, but he's been practicing. He's been keeping his shape, so keep an eye on him. So I, I, I just think that as much as I really looked at the – I looked at your Steelers. I know y'all can get a run. I looked at the Raiders because they were my pick a few weeks ago. But, man, after watching Brady go into Denver – now, Simeon doesn't do it for me. Okay, I'm just going to put that out there. He's, he's in that category of quarterbacks that I don't believe in. Okay, I told y'all I didn't believe in Brock Osweiler. Told y'all that. I said, I don't believe in him. He got $72 million. Good for him. Brother, make, give me some money. Loan me some, bro. You can afford it. Okay. But I told y'all I didn't believe in him. That was, all happened. He got that was okay. such a waste of money for the Texans. I promise you. Absolutely. Goodness. Absolutely. Now he's benched, and he ain't even starting next Sunday. $72 million, okay? I, I, I don't believe in Simeon, and I don't believe he's their long-term solution. And I would even go so far, and this is a completely different topic for another day, but let me just say this. Unfortunately, because I'm a huge fan of Tony Romo, I don't expect him to see him, to see him in Dallas next year. I don't. And I'm very sad about that, and I will, I will have to deal with that another time, shed my tears like T.O. That's my quarterback. I, I, you know, I got to let him go. Um John Elway's a genius. Look out. Because that, cause, cause the, the rumor for all you Cowboy fans <clears throat> is that the Cowboys, that Romo's going to ask to be released instead of traded, and that Jerry Jones is going to grant his wish and release him. Now, that's going to hit the salary cap like a ton of bricks, but um, they would rather do that than strap another team with that contract and stop that team from being able to do things to build a competitor around Tony. So there's, there, there's rumblings that Tony is saying, hey, I, I, I want y'all to give me a chance to go somewhere else and be successful. If you trade me, you're limiting the other team's ability to do something with salary gap because I have to absorb my contract, so I'm asking to be released. That's the rumor. There's nothing confirmed, but that's the rumor. If that happens, look out for Denver because that team's ready to go. They look like they're going to make the playoffs this year, but they're ready to go. You put Romo in there, even if he plays 13, 14 games, that what, what did Manning play last year? Eight, ten? You know? He played enough to take him to the Super Bowl and win. Tony can at least be that durable as, as Manning was last year, maybe a little bit more. So watch out, but I'm, I'm getting off topic here. All right, so we've got three of us that say the Patriots and the Cowboys, and one of us say, um, I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm, I'm wrong. Um, two of us that say the Patriots and the Cowboys, and coincidentally, that would be me and my brother. Um, K-Star surprisingly said the Cowboys, not surprisingly said the Steelers. <clears throat> and Dr. Train has the Giants and the Patriots. Um, good news is all of those are good games. So I guess we'll see what happens. All right. All right, let's talk Pro Bowl. Um, let's start with K-Star. Anybody in your mind, that you think should have been on a Pro Bowl, though I'm not going to go through the roster and announce it. So, you know, that's, that's too much work. But, because I have one, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for mine. I'm going to let you go first, K-Star. Is there anybody that you could think of that should have been on the roster that wasn't on the roster? 
Um, I would say that it's really surprising that Matt Stafford was left off for what he's done with the Lions this season with no run game to speak of and with all the fourth quarter comebacks. Um, and actually, I was a little surprised that your boy Sean Lee didn't make it. Every time I watched him play, he's been phenomenal. Didn't really did I say as, uh, I had one? Didn't I say I had one? Didn't I say I had one? Why would you go? And, why would you go to a cowboy if I already told you I had one? You smart enough to know it's gonna be a cowboy. Why are you trying to steal my thunder, man? Why are you trying to steal my thunder? Hey, my bad. My bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those two stand out to me. They really do. Uh, those two guys have been really good, really, you know, uh, huge players for respect for both of those teams' success all season, and they both played at a pretty high level. Uh, so those two stand out to me the most. So since he already took my player, let me just let me just say this. Let me just say this. <clears throat> I have all respect in the world for Luke Keekley, Keekley, whatever the hell his name is. I think he's phenomenal when he's healthy. Dude's missed like four games, five games because of a concussion. Okay? He ain't even played. He's in Pro Bowl. He's in Pro Bowl. Sean Lee, number two in tackles in the NFC. On a team that's 12-2. and two. Now, I get it. Pro Bowl is voting, and I, I get it. Team is 12-2. and two. He got 140 tackles. Now, I have a – he's going to end up as an alternate, and he's going to – and I get it. It's going to happen, okay? I, I'm very confident that he's going to get there. But are you kidding me? What, what – if the guy who has played – and stats, eye test, right? I heard on a show that Des Bryant should have been considered for, for Pro Bowl. I heard this on a show. I completely disagree. Okay. There's nothing that Des Bryant has done this year that would make me feel like he is Pro Bowl worthy. Nothing. Nothing. Not reputation. Sorry. No, you got to perform. He's played okay. He's, he's played okay. But Pro Bowl level? Hell no. And that's how I feel. Okay? The direct opposite of that, however, is Sean Lee, who has led this defense. There's a number two tackles in the league. And if, okay, and if you don't know that, watch the game. The guy's everywhere. Everywhere. Like, you know, downfield covering, blitzing the quarterback, side to side. He is everywhere. Like a Kukli, like a Wagner, who were the two Pro Bowl players that got in. But my problem is, like, dude's been out for like five games with a concussion. So why doesn't Sean Lee get in? Don't like it. Don't like it. And I think when you have something that is blatant and egregious like that, then you've got to go to the system and, and look at the system and say, what is broken? Because to me, that's, there's absolutely no doubt that Sean Lee should be first ballot, starting inside linebacker for the NFC. If you can pick two, and Sean Lee ain't one of them right now, something's wrong. So the system is wrong. The system is broken. There's a problem here, and, and they need to look at that. They need to address that because that's just ridiculous. Now, again, I know how it works. At some point, he'll probably get in because he'll probably be like the third alternate or something, and then Kukli won't play because of his concussion, so then Sean Lee will get to play. But then, of course, Dallas is going to the Super Bowl, so then Sean Lee won't play either, and then, you know, who knows? It'll probably go down to, like, somebody else down the list. But I have a huge problem with that NFL. I have a huge problem with it. Uh, all right, JB, 
Snubs. Got one? Come on, man. Come on, seriously? You done said everything that I was thinking, so we can just move on to the next one. Uh, there's no one else outside of well, outside of, of Sean, because that was mine too, and I knew that was going to be yours. So I just, I just oh, go okay. to the quarter. No worries. I mean, it, it's it's so obvious that there's there's really no need for me to add anything else. So since you took that one, that's the one I'll take. I just go a different route, and and I personally I'll say Drew Brees because without him, the Saints would have no chance at even smelling the playoffs. So he puts up phenomenal numbers year in and year out with an offensive line that at times is. is is jagged at best, yet he's still able to put up the numbers uh, without having Jimmy Graham up there. So I'm, I'm going to have to say you agree on that one. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, Dr. Train, do you have a Pro Bowl snub? No, nah, man, I don't have a snub. I just know there are no bad players in it. So, Yeah. <laughs> Did you say there's no bears in it? Is that what you said? For the second year in a row. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, your, your boy Howard looks like he's going to be in the Pro Bowl next year. He stays healthy and, and, and keeps it up. He's got a shot next year at least. Yeah. That's almost like the same thing you say when it comes to the team winning. It's always next year. <laughs> well, I wasn't, wasn't going to go there, but since you said it, that you said it, not me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't go with that whole wait till next year thing, man. That's too, you know, <clears throat> that's too, that's too painful. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, we, we, you know, the problem with that, uh, you know, is having been there, Jay, I know, you know, you've been there, Jay, um, K-Star, you, you know, we've all been there is it, it, you're already looking at next year and it's December and the next season don't start till September. And it's just like, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's depressing to be at this what? point in the season and your season's over. Well, even on top of that, T, I mean, your team still got to get it right. You still got to fill the holes. Yep. You still got to get some production out of people that you haven't been able to get production out. And you still got to try to draft right to get you a couple more starters and a couple more uh, dependable players. Nothing's guaranteed. So it's like mm-hmm. waiting the next year is like waiting paint, waiting to see paint dry. Yeah, some folks have been waiting since Thanksgiving. They put that turkey leg down praying for the next September to come. Yeah. So, not to mention, you got, just aside from the draft, you also got to make sure your, your cap is, is, is straight so that you can sign some free agents. Hopefully that they'll want to come to your team to bolster up the roster. So, there's a lot of things that need to be done between now and then. So, I hear you. I was just trying to put a little, little sugar and spice and anything nice up in there. I thank you, but the only thing that can make this go that's making me smile is the fact that Jay Culler will not be a quarterback. True. True. That that may not be a big smile, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If I do say so, just just to stay with the Bears a little bit, Barkley ain't playing too bad, man. He's not. He's not uh, enough to put himself in in position to be competitive. Just just to be competition, you know. So it, it, it'll make for a good competition for next season. So I, I, it, it's something to look forward to. But you know, once again, it's always everything is still a wait and see. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, not one of those. Breath, but he's playing well. Yeah. Yeah, but do you think he's the answer, uh, Train? 
I, my true answer to you is I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen too many quarterbacks, even on other teams, come in at this time of season. They look good. Team may still be losing, but they may win a game or two. And you mess around and give that guy a full season, you'd be like, what the hell did I do that for? <laughs> right. right. So it's just right. like, you know, you only, like I said, um, I'm satisfied to see he's playing well, so he's in competition. But right now, everything depends on what the scout team is able to find and what the general manager's final decision is at making that position solid, as well as some other positions that we're weak at. So. Yeah, I mean, you know what? What gets me is, <clears throat> you know, um, how long has he been in the league now? Train JB, one of y'all know. Three or four years? Yeah. About, um, I think three, because he was drafted by Chip Kelly. So, so three. Three years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I mean, in today's NFL, when rookies are coming in relatively quickly, um, and at some point in their rookie year, they're getting out there and they're playing – um, for him to be in his third or fourth year and be a backup to Jay Cutler um, and to be on his second team, um, I, you know, I, 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 I don't think he's your guy. I think, you know, I think what you said is really right on point. You bring someone in late in the season, they come in off the bench, they play a few games, they mop up, you know, and then you give them the job next year and you're sitting there like, what the hell was I thinking? Um, if he can even go on the training camp and win the job. I believe yeah. what he's yeah. doing now is earning a chance to play for the starting position. You know, earning exactly, and exactly, it's it's earning. Right, yeah. right. That's it. That's that's all you got. You have a chance that's to all. earn. Yeah, that's it. But you, your team, your team needs to go out and get its franchise quarterback. You need to go find him. You need to go out there and see is he out there? Is he is he a rookie that's sitting on somebody's bench? Is he a rookie coming into the league? Is there somebody on a practice squad that you can develop? I mean, again, no one knew what Dak Prescott was going to bring. And I know that's the exception and not the norm. But, hey, you know, is there someone else out there that you guys can develop, <coughs> put in there, and, and, and see where they can go? You know, I, I don't know, but that's what you guys need. I've said it for years on this show, and it's funny. It's funny. I'm hearing it now from the pundits. I'd never heard this before I started saying it. Now I'm hearing it from the pundits. Head coach and quarterback. What? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, tell, hey, tell me I'm wrong. Did you guys ever hear that out there before I started saying it on the Madden Voice a few years ago? I said, when all, what I said, when all things are equal, I look at head coach and quarterback. Those are the two most important positions on the football team. And that's so, what I So I'll be honest. I'll be honest and say, no, I never heard it spoken in the way you've spoken to it. The only thing I've heard is that um, when coaches come in and they need a quarterback, then that quarterback and, 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 and coach head coach get tied together as, uh, as, it, as it pertains to the success of the team. So well, now I'm hearing it used. Yeah. But, see, now I'm hearing it used the way I use it. I heard either yesterday or today, I think it was today because I was – Tied up yesterday. One of them said, "Well, the reason that I go with Seattle over Dallas is I'm not going to go with Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett over Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll." I said, "What? Why? Excuse me? 
I want credit for that. And then I heard him say, oh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, Derek Carr and, and um, uh, God, I know his name, too, because it's right at the tip of my top, head coach of Oakland, against Bill Belichick and Brady. Jack Del Rio. Jack, Jack Del Rio. Rio, thank you. I should know his name. He used to play for Dallas. But anyway, um, you know, I, I'm hearing it more now, and I never heard it the way I said it. Now I'm hearing it the way I said it. They need to stop. They, they need to cut that out. <clears throat> but anyway, um, all right. So next topic, NFL MVP. I have heard a variety of names in this discussion, okay? And it intrigues me when I hear the names and then I hear the reasons. Because sometimes it's like one person says this and a reason, another person says that, and they're contradicting each other. So I thought it would be a good topic for us. <clears throat> Excuse me, I know I keep coughing. You guys have to forgive me. I'm fighting a little bug here. But um, NFL MVP. Let's start with K Star on this one. I'm just curious, Mr. K Star, who your NFL MVP would be. If the season ended right now, who's your NFL MVP? Oh, uh, man. Uh, for me, it's actually between Brady and Ezekiel uh, Elliott. And. I think the Brady one, kind of is self-explanatory. He's the, you know, driving force of the Patriots' offense. They put up big numbers. They're a great offensive team, so on, blah, blah, blah. We don't know why Tom Brady's a logical choice. Um, when it comes to MVP, you're looking at one of the best teams in the league. That's kind of where it starts. You know, there's a reason why losing teams don't have a – you know, the league had that named MVP after that player. So, though I don't think he's – the best running back. He's been absolutely part of the best running attack in the NFL this season. And I think when you vote in Zeke Elliott, you have to look at, when you look at the Cowboys, you look at how much of the workload he contributes to, the team philosophy, and in a way, whenever a running back is voted in, it's also a reflection of offensive line play. You can't have a great season for a running back without that as well. So for me, I think it's Zeke because Again, he represents the team philosophy. He, he's been just absurdly productive. I think he's on pace at like the third best rookie season ever for at the position. Um, and then you also look at, I mean, this is more of a minor point, but, you know, they say that running backs have been devalued in this day's NFL. While that's true, the Cowboys did not agree with that because they drafted this guy as a top three pick in the NFL draft. So the valuation's there. Everything's there to why I believe it adds up why Zeke should win MVP. Okay. Um, let me just ask you one question. Um, and, and, and I have to, I have to, you know, as much of a hard time as I tend to give you, I have to applaud your selections because um, you didn't say Le'Veon Bell um, and his name has been floated. And not that Le'Veon Bell, um, I honestly have to say, I don't know who's better between those two running backs. I really have to say, in all honesty, I, I can't – you say Le'Veon's better, and I get it. Yeah. I can't debate that with you. But, Jesus Christ, they're both so doggone good. I, I really – when I watch Le'Veon, I'm just in awe. I'm just like, wow. But when I watch Zeke, I'm just like, wow. You know what I mean? It's just I, – I, so I honestly have to say, those guys, they, a little bit different style of play, but they all are so good at everything they do. You know, now, Le'Veon does more out of the backfield because that's part of your scheme. 
I get it, okay? But Zeke can, you know, you've seen him run screens, and he can do that. It's just not part of the Dallas scheme. So people, you know, they want to draw that separation, and I'm kind of like, well, there's a scheme involvement here where Dallas just doesn't. Dallas has never really been a big throwing to the running back out of the backfield team. It's just never really been part of their scheme. They'll do it, but not as much as the Steelers will do it. But when I look at these guys, they both can run between the tackles. They can get around the edge. They can both pick up the blitz. They're, they're just and, – and they're patient runners. When you watch them, they boop, boop, and then bam. You know, like, I mean, it, it's – so I honestly have to say I don't know who's better between the two. And the fact that Zeke is a rookie is already on that level speaks well of Zeke. But Le'Veon's the real deal. He's the real deal. Um, my problem with Le'Veon being mentioned is he missed three games. Even though his numbers for the game he's played has been phenomenal, the most he can play is 13. And that's my same problem with Brady. Brady missed four games. Now, Brady was suspended. Well, actually, wasn't, wasn't your boy suspended too for three games? Yeah, he was. Okay, so you got two suspensions. Um, <clears throat> so I just personally feel like if you miss a game or two due to injury, play 14, 15, okay. That's the vast majority of the season. I think you should still be eligible. When you get to three and four games, and three is kind of on the line of demarcation for me, four is definitely year out because that's 25% of the season. And I'll be honest, even though I had this opinion, Max Kellerman really went into a lot more detail on first take, so I'm going to give him credit. I agree, I already had this opinion, but he went into a lot of detail um, that I'm not going to go into. But I just think Brady shouldn't even be eligible. He's played great. He has. And if he, and if he had played this way for 16, to me, he would be the MVP because he's, he's played at an MVP level. But you missed four games, dude. So the most you will play is 12. So it's hard for me to, to take your MVP candidacy seriously because you missed four games. And those four games, Zeke was playing. Matt Ryan was playing. Matthew Stafford was playing. Dak Prescott was playing. You know, even Aaron Rodgers, although I think he's a little late to the MVP race. I wouldn't include him, but people are starting to. But these guys played the whole season. You didn't. So, I, I would disqualify. My, just me personally, I would disqualify. <clears throat> but I applaud you not going with Le'Veon or even Big Ben as some people are starting to float because your Steelers are getting on a little run and they're starting to say, ooh, well, maybe Le'Veon Bell's the MVP. No, no, I'm sorry. So I applaud you. Good job. Um, JB, who you got for MVP? Yeah, this is probably one of the better races in, in recent memory, and it's too bad you can't vote for a group of people, but I'm actually going to go with that Prescott myself. And, and, again, this is not a homer pick. It's just looking at where the Cowboys were in 2014 to 2015 and now to 2016. And it just seems as though he's been able to get that team over the hump. The defense is a little bit better, in my opinion, than they were last year. They have a better running game, but they always were missing the quarterback play from last year. We're talking about a team that finished, what, 4-12. and 12 and look dead to rights without a good quarterback. Now they have a good quarterback, a very good one, actually, that's playing at a very high level, and they're 12-2 and two on their way to uh, probably wrapping up a division, it looks like. And you have to give the offensive line a ton of credit, and that's why I said I wish I can give it to a group of individuals and not just one because I would give it to their offensive line. But they know to not only 
open up holes for Zeke, but also be able to protect a rookie quarterback, which really is not that easy a thing to do. But I have to give it to Dak just because of the poise, the execution that he's had. Obviously, the play con has been in his favor, and he's just taken a team that was 4-12 and a year ago to 12-2 and now, and, and like I said before, they were not going anywhere. Once once Tony went down, once Tony went down, this team was basically left dead for right because nobody thought Dak was going to do what he's doing, and he's done it. So I have to give him the nod just because of that. Okay. Dr. Train, your NFL MVP is? Man, my most annoying thing about NFL MVP talk is that it gets confused with all the player of the year talk. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think very, that would be more fitting for offensive player of the year, by the way. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a huge difference. I mean, offensive player of the year could be somebody on my losing team. It just doesn't it's, – it's not, it is not the same thing. Uh, but I'm really am honestly gonna piggyback off uh off with it, Brother Jay and go ahead and um roll with roll with Dak and what I'm going to what I wanna add to what he's already said, and I repeat anything that he's already said is that if you take the I, I just don't think Dallas would have won as many games uh with without uh a quarterback playing like playing at the level that Dak is playing, even though they would have had Zeke at the running back position. They had DeMarco Murray uh, left, uh, was that two years, was it two years ago? Yep. Uh, running, he, he, retreat, he came back, he was, still, he was still the running back. He was still the guy. And without Tony Romo, they couldn't win games. You know, um, and I think it just makes a huge difference when you have, uh, when you have, a quarterback to be able to complement whatever your running back is able to do. So I think that's why we have to definitely go with uh, with Dak. And I'm not choosing Brady because he's suspended for games. I really not choose any player that would suspend it. I don't care. We need to get to that, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um. I, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys. Um, you guys, um, I stole Jay's thunder earlier, and he stole mine now, so it's all good. We're even. Um, I agree. I think that, and I think what you guys are saying about the difference between MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. I think when you look at a team like the Cowboys, who had 1,845 yards from Demarco Murray two years ago, and he was Offensive Player of the Year. You had last year, you had McFadden rushed over a thousand yards, number four rusher in the NFL. And the team won four games. And the biggest difference this year um, is Dak Prescott. Even with Zeke running well and doing phenomenal, I would I would vote for him as offensive player of the year. The guy has a chance to really set. You know, he's already set a couple of Cowboy records. He can set a couple of NFL rookie records. And we're talking about him on a level of Le'Veon Bell, okay, as a rookie. So I think offensive player of the year, yes. But what Dak Prescott has done as a leader, I mean, the guy unseated Tony Romo. He unseated Tony Romo as the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody, nobody, let me, let me repeat myself. If anybody saw this coming, they're lying, okay? They're lying. Nobody in the preseason said when Romo went down and Dak came in, no one said Tony's not getting his job back. 
Dak's going to play that well. He's going to keep his job. Nobody. It was how long is Tony out? Right. No, I was going to say, I was still saying after y'all won seven straight, I was like, Tony coming back. Y'all, you won seven games in a row. No, still, yeah. Tony's coming back in. Yeah. Hey, y'all heard me. JB was there before me, but JB was like, I stick with Dak. And I was like, hell no. You know, like that was the big debate. Do you stick? But nobody in the preseason saw this. Not a person. Not a person in, in the sports world. Not a person that does what we do. Not anybody on the Dallas Cowboys. Not Jerry Jones, not Stephen Jones, not Jason Garrett, not Wade Wilson, quarterback coach, not Scott Lenahan, not Tony Romo. Maybe Dak. He might be the only one in the world who said, I ain't giving this job back. Now, I, don't think, I don't even think he felt it. Yeah. Well, it could be confidence. It may not be realistic. could be confidence. Like, you know, hey, it's my job now. He ain't getting it back. I'm going to play that well. Now, whether it was realistic or not is another conversation. But, but you're right, Trey. He may not even have thought that. He might have just thought, okay, man, well, we get these plays right. Well, I think I think that I think Dak is pretty honest when he when he gets in front of the mic. I think for him it was just like, well, Tony's almost injured. The minute he's he the minute he's clear to play, it'll be his. But I think at some point it may have changed for him once they started to win so many games. You you, you get to nine straight, and it's just like, wait, like do we really want to rock this boat now? Because this this feels really good, and the only team that's beating you is a is a division rival. Yeah. 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 Um, don't get me wrong. If Zeke were to win MVP, I'd be very happy about it because he's a cowboy. But I, I, I would put him as offensive player of the year, uh, rookie of the year and offensive player of the year for Zeke, in my opinion. And Dak, right now, um, NFL MVP. You know, the hiccup he had with the Giants, he's done more than comeback. Second highest passer uh, completion percentage in a game with at least 30 attempts. Second highest ever. I mean, over all these other quarterbacks ever. MVP. And 12. I can't. <clears throat> I can't. I can't get with Dak as MVP. Why not? I can't. He's a really. He's done really well, but I mean, when you look at the Cowboys and team philosophy, it's running the football. It's it's tailored to where they're in set up in really good position. On uh, first and second down through the running game, it's just the way they. But what makes the game what makes that. running and game? Zeke, what makes a running game successful, Case Star? Uh, an efficient quarterback, but also you know really good offensive line play and good running back. Yeah, but play. even more than an offensive line will only get you so far if there's no passing threat. If there's no passing threat, I don't I don't care who you have. I on agree. The offensive he's line. he's been efficient, but nine in the box. Because they don't respect the arm of the quarterback, I don't care. Adrian Peterson, Earl, I don't care who you at back there. It ain't gonna work, bro. It ain't gonna work. I understand that, but it doesn't make him the MVP just because of that either, though. I mean, he's been efficient. He's he, he needs to be what he's been. He's been more than efficient. I don't want to just say he's been efficient. I mean, he's been better than that. But again, I mean, we look at just how the, we had the team wants to play. We had yeah, the same and I was right, and I was, I was right in about DeMarco, and I'm right now about Zeke. So you know, how are you right about because the whole basis of the conversation we had two years ago was you need somebody up there that's got to make reads, and and no more was able to make. That doesn't make you MVP because you can beat it. Yes, it doesn't make you MVP. When you make the reads and you're able to execute time in and time out, it does. 
because you have to. Yeah, it's not even time in and time out. It's like 30 times a game. I mean, meanwhile, the running back's getting the ball just on a more. How many the times team is running heavy. He was 32 of 36. He had to throw the ball 36 times. He has had to throw yeah, the ball. Yeah, that's league average. Before, and he's got a, a, a completion rating of, I think, 65, 66%. So it's not like he's back there throwing 13 times and completing nine of them every single game. He's got to actually throw the ball. That's what he had to do against Tampa Bay just this past week, 88.9% uh, percentage rate for, for all those throws that he had to make. That's why he gets the nod. And it's the same thing we were saying about Romo two years ago, 70.7% completion rate. You have to not just make the reads, but you have to execute. And you have to do the Time and time again. That's it's why the Cowboys were twelve before then. That's why they're twelve and two now because they have somebody that can execute. They had a running game last year, but they didn't have quarterbacks that could execute. That's ding, the biggest ding, difference. Ding. They didn't have co- no, no, no. They didn't have competent quarterback play. They had horrible quarterback play last season. Horrible. Yes. Awful. Very I bad. agree. You're, 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 you're giving me the point then. I mean, this. No, you're not. No, I'm not because you're using last year's example. Having a quarterback that is not horrible partially means, in certain extent, he can execute. I'm just going a step further because he's not only executing, he's making plays with his arm and he's making plays with his legs and he's making reads at the line to get the Cowboys into a specific situation that can be successful. That's the difference. That's why we had the conversation two years with Romo, and we're seeing a similar pattern with the rookie quarterback in Prescott. We're seeing the same thing. That's why Romo should have gotten the MVP now or even more, but I think he finished second or third or something like that. That's why that should get a decent. It's critical to be able to get up to the line, read, change the play, and execute and get first down. That's what now, in reference, no one's denying that the Cowboys are the run heaviest team in the NFL. That's all I'm saying, run heaviest. So, so let me speak real quick. In reference to uh, Tony Romo not being able to get the MVP two years ago, I think when you look at what happened afterwards, it's just bad time. Because you saw the Cowboys run the ball well, and you saw Tony Romo playing well, but I think it was only T at that time who was calling it out to say, I'm telling y'all, it wouldn't be the same if Tony Romo wasn't behind, wasn't behind center. I, I know it was definitely me screaming, but, dude, DeMarco Berry is tearing it up. Now we actually see what's the big difference, and it is the quarterback position versus the running back position. Without the right guy at the quarterback, I don't care how well they're able to run the ball. That doesn't, not that doesn't make you an MVP, though. But you're not going to fall on. But they're able to – the difference is winning games, though, k It's not just putting up stats. I get, I, I, that's right. why I hate – that's why. That's reason why I get tired of the whole MVP talk, because it gets – it gets it gets filled with the offensive player that you're talking. Okay, they are winning. They are winning games. That's the big difference. I, big I agree. Difference. That's why I have a cowboy there. That's why I have a cowboy there. But I'm just saying, yeah, but you have philosophy. It's what? It's to run the ball. I mean, yes, you still need another part. You still need a moving part and having a good quarterback. You need that for any successful team. You need you know, more than just one feature of an offense. You need both assets to work together to play out to whatever that philosophy is. I'm just saying the Cowboys are the run-heavy but, team. But. They want to play slow. They have to have a – and when you look at Zeke, he gets, he gets the ball more than anyone else on the team. That's all I'm saying. Like, But, but so again, the team depends on the workload again, standpoint. Uh, again, two years ago we had the same discussion, and I tried to tell you all that Romo is what makes the team – 
function, Romo, not DeMarco Murray. Two years later, we've got a different running back. We have a different quarterback, the same philosophy, and I'm saying it again. It is Dak Prescott that makes this team function. Hello? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, it is Dak Prescott. And the reason I say that is it was demonstrated last year, Kickstarter, when the Cowboys had pretty much the same defense, okay, played out of their ability, kept them in all the games. They had a they had a number four rushing offense in the NFL. Number four rushing offense in the NFL with Darren McFadden, okay? And the same exact offensive line they had this year. What is the difference? What same receivers, what is the difference from last year to this year? Number four rushing offense, number one rushing offense. Quarterback play, abysmal. Quarterback play, some of the best quarterback play in the NFL. And what is it translated to? 12 and 6. That's why Dak is your MVP, because 12 and 6. You, you of all people should have noticed, because you had a rookie Ben Roethlisberger come in. <coughs> he wasn't the best player in the game. And Dak is ready to possibly eclipse that rookie record. I don't know that he will, because the Giants lose tomorrow night. Then the Cowboys don't, you know, they've got two weeks to figure out how they want to play it out, because they, they, have, they have everything locked out. But the point remains is he's doing something that's never been done in Dallas, ever. 11 straight, that's never been done. To possibly win 13, 14 games as a rookie, never been done. He's got to be the MVP. We're seeing, hey, Zeke is doing something as a rookie that hasn't been done, but not that's never been done. That's the difference. We're seeing I mean, I that have never I'm been done I'm not going to agree with Dallas. this. I get I, I I get the basis, but I just can't agree with it. Just and it's just not it's not that it's just that Dak's not it's not that Dak's not good. I think highly of Dak. You said that it's a run heavy team. Well, Dak is averaging thirty one attempts a game. It's not like that, he's the league, back there. League average is thir- wait. The league average is thirty six. That is very low when you look at it from that level. It's the lowest pass attempts less. And a lot of that reason is because a lot of these teams are having to play from behind. So they're going to throw the ball more, which is going to ding, increase, ding, the ding. Nope. increase the nope. number of average going up anyway. So, yeah, that's going to happen. I'm looking at just the raw average, 31 pass attempts a game for a rookie, for a rookie. And he's got a percentage and, of 63.7. And, and let me just add this. To, to when you talk about a run-heavy philosophy. The run-heavy philosophy is in the second half when the defense is getting tired. In the first half, watch the Cowboys. They're running the ball, but Dak is throwing the ball. He's trying to get points. He wants to play from ahead. So in the second half, they can pound the ball and wear defense down and milk the clock. That's that, though. If Dak doesn't do it right in the first half, as we've seen in, against the Giants, as we've seen – uh, against Minnesota, then that philosophy doesn't work. So it's still a philosophy that's executed by a quarterback. And it starts with him getting some points on the board, and it starts with him going out and doing what he did against against uh, the Bucks. So you, you don't have to agree with it, but I just I, I think that 
for, for you to always look at the running back on a run-heavy team and say, well, you know, that's the guy, and ignore the quarterback, I don't think it's fair to the quarterback. If it was your team, I'd say the same thing. You know, it, it starts with the quarterback. And like Train said very eloquently, don't mistake offensive player of the year with MVP. And with Dallas, it's real simple to see it because we saw what happened last year with three crappy quarterbacks. And the same team, pretty much. And a number four rushing attack. And they only won four games. Only won four games. And this year, they're at 12 and could get to 14. And the biggest difference is not the running game. It really is the quarterback play. <clears throat> so. And, and let, me, let me also give you another stat there, Case, just to help solidify my point. Cowboys are number two in the league in rushing. Bills are number one. And number three are the Titans. All right. The Titans have Mark Andrews. Exactly. They're, they're, they're run heavy, but it's no coincidence that Mariota is also averaging 31 pass attempts a game. So if you have a team that can run the football, you necessarily be run heavy. They're just able to run the football. You don't have to throw the ball as often as a Drew Brees may have to do or Aaron Rodgers may have to do because they don't have any kind of running game. So just by the, the nature pa- the of Patriots the Patriots have run the ball, that's why they're able to have that average of attempts be around 30, 31 a game. It's not that they're not throwing the ball. They just don't have to, but they're efficient when they do it. Why don't they have to, run, why don't they have to throw the ball? Because they're effective running the ball and they're effective passing the ball. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Either way, they both need to work together in unison. I'm just saying that when I look at it, I guess look at it a little differently because I look at what, who's the feature player of the team that makes him the MVP because, you know, you look at the team first and then you say, okay, well, who's the feature player that makes it all go together? Obviously, it's a team game. They all need each other to be successful. But I, mean, well, I get those Just remember this. On any team, whether I don't care what team it is, other than maybe a Minnesota team with Adrian Peterson in his prime because he's just a freak. But 99 times out of 100, if you don't have any passing threat, you have no running game. I don't care who you got in the backfield. I don't care who it is. You've got to have a threat at quarterback, a passing threat, or they're going to put nine in the box, and you ain't going anywhere. And we've seen it game after game. Blunt has, what, 15 touchdowns over there in New England? Why is yep. that? Is he really that good? You had him in Pittsburgh. Nope. Is he really that good? No, he's not. He's got 15 touchdowns because of Tom Brady. <laughs> because Tom Brady, they know Tom Brady will pick you apart. So they have to respect Edelman and these other they're guys. Playing the pass. The fellas they're playing the pass before What's they're that? playing the run. So they're because playing the pass before Brady. they're playing the run. But I think against the because Cowboys, the teams are playing the run before they're playing the pass. That's all. No, I don't think that's I, the I case. Think I think they're – I think – no, I, wait a minute. I, 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 I'm not let you get away with it. No, not in, they're not playing the run before the pass in Dallas. If that was the case, we'd see more eight men in the box. We're not seeing eight in the box because we do have a guy, Des Bryant, may not be playing to the level that I'm used to seeing him at, but on any given play, they're, they're doubling Des. Trust me, they're rolling the safety over on every play against Des. Cole Jason Witten, trust me, they're not doing eight in a box against against. Uh, so no, they're not mm-hmm. playing the run over the pass against we Dallas. We did. And, we did. Uh, Steelers yeah, did. No, did all game. No, no, yeah, no, we no. did. That's why we got burned deep. Okay, that's why we got burned deep by Des that game. 
Uh, even on the touchdown play, we, we, we put the eight in the box the whole game. We couldn't stop the run. Because you can't stop the run, you got you got to throw a safety in the box. It's just football one on one. Teams can't stop the run against Dallas. No, they can't. But they're not. <laughs> they're not going to put a safety in a box with Dez on the outside, dude. It's not going to happen. They're going to have the linebackers to get in there, and, and the defensive you backs to get in there and make a play. You wouldn't do that. With I would Dez take my chances there? at this point. Yeah, Dez is playing Dez bad. He's not playing like okay. Dez. Oh, oh, okay. You, you said, said it yourself. He's not. No, he's not. We did. We, that he's one game, respect. that one good game he had. That one good game he's had. Well, he had eight for 83 against Detroit. I mean, against uh, Tampa Bay. So, at any given play, he can go off. On any given game, he can go off. It's not like the guy, you know, 35 years old and on a deep line. He has not played at the level I'm used to seeing him. But he, on any given game, he's a freak. And trust me, we think the Giants are doing you think the Giants are playing them one-on-one? No. You know what I'm saying? All the they, safety on they, the they, they played a lot, a lot of one-on-one on them. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what they want to That's say. why they that's why they stopped the, the run. That's why they were able to stop the run. Why? I did. They played a lot of Norris on a one-on-one. That's how they were able to stop the run better than most teams because they had the cornerback to do so. Other teams don't. Yep. Okay. okay. Watch the game, bro. They had a safety over the top. I did. Almost okay. every play. You watch the Cowboy game. Kenny Phillips. Yeah, okay. All right. Nice to know there. Nice to know they're telling stories because you don't want to be wrong. Okay. Okay. I watch every game, bro. So don't try to tell me what, I, you know, my eyes are deep. I watch every game, bro, in, in detail. So I won't argue with you over the Steelers. Do not ever come and tell me I don't know what I'm seeing with the Cowboys. And trust me, they are not playing as one-on-one. They tell you that. They tell you that. But watch. They're rolling safeties over. And the only time you see them not doing that is when they go into a zone. And then that's when you see Dez getting a slant or something because they went in the zone. Watch the game, bro. All right. Anyway. All right. Train, you still with us? We didn't lose you yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, looks like I've, I've made it to the, to the end of my road. <laughs> Okay, to, well, we about to, to you know, we don't hit over. everything on my agenda. We don't hit everything on okay. my agenda. Um, I, I have one other thing that, that I'll do, but I can do it after you say your final words um, if you need to run. So, uh, Yeah, yeah. So I guess if, if any final words, just, <laughs> just even on that last topic of conversation, I hear the whole run heavy but I think the biggest, biggest difference, I think the biggest thing, biggest point that's being missed is that Dallas is able to win games with better quarterback play and not so much because of uh, the running back because they've had the running back. They've had running running backs and they've had DeMarco Murray and they've had the quarterback position missing and they aren't able to win games. That's my biggest thing, winning games. Forget the stats. Winning football games is what gets you in the playoffs, is what gets you the Super Bowl. It's not the stats, not the offensive player of the year. It's winning the games. Um, last words, these, these last two weeks are about to be crazy for those who are fighting to get in the playoffs. But, honestly, I think some teams have already uh, showed their teeth. And, uh, sadly to say, I expect to see Green Bay actually in the playoffs uh, due to what Chicago could not do this past weekend. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's anybody left on their schedule to beat them. I think uh, Tampa Bay will be that odd man odd man out. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Dolphins finish off without Tannehill because I did not expect them to 
to win that game, but Adam Gates is doing a pretty good job. Other than that, I'll see you guys next week. All right. Well, Dr. Train, thank you for giving us some of your time, and uh, we'll be back on our normal time next Tuesday night. So we'll see you then. All right, brother. All right. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Train has joined us. Um, One little last comment on the whole running back, the running back run heavy thing. I think the other thing is to go back historically and look at rushing leaders and how many times, you know, when you think about like Adrian Peterson, how many times has he really been in the playoffs? You know, when you look at a Barry Sanders career, how many times was he in the playoffs? You know, being a great running back and, and running for 1,500, 1,600, and 1,700 yards <clears throat> doesn't automatically equate to success and victory. It really doesn't. And I think if we were to really dissect this topic and really go back and look, we're going we're gonna to realize how much the quarterback play affects the outcome. And as Dr. Train said, how much the quarterback play really turns into, takes the game and turns it into a win. <clears throat> Regardless of the success of the quarterback. <clears throat> so. I don't disagree with that. That's it. I mean, I, I watched the Steelers with Cordell Stewart back in the day. We got better with Ben. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not trying to slight that. Dak, that's awesome. We well, but, but I mean, but that, but that, I think they're both that, candidates and that's the thing. But, I mean, but that's our point when me and JB talk to you about it is I think you're giving, you're giving all of the Cowboys' success to Zeke and very little to Dak. And we're not, on the other hand, we're not trying to do the flip opposite and not recognize that Zeke is a freak. Zeke is a special running back. I, I told you, I, you know, Le'Veon Bell is, is a unique back as well. And so putting these guys, I put them both. Right now, they're, I mean, David Johnson's good and there's others. But to me, those two are head and shoulders above everybody, period, end of discussion. Anybody puts anybody else in that category right now, they know what they can do because I I, those two are head and shoulders above everybody. So I give Zeke his credit as a running back. <clears throat> but when I look at, when I watch the game and I look at every play and I look at the decision, see, there, there's so many decisions a quarterback has to make. Running back gets the ball, and he's got, you know, you know, read that hole, that hole. But the quarterback is sitting up there, right, and he's identifying, you know, is the blitz coming? I got to adjust the protection for the blitz. Oh, he's one-on-one. Okay, maybe I need to maybe I need to audible to Dez because he's got one-on-one coverage this play. Oh, the linebacker looks like he may be blitzing. Uh, maybe I'll hit Witten on the scene. Like, the, the quarterback has so much to do in about 10 seconds to execute. They're not just getting up there and saying, Zeke right, Zeke left, Zeke up the middle, hand off, hand off. No, they're adjusting. The play says Zeke up the middle, and then there's eight in the box. Oh, eight in the box. Okay, who do I have? What can I do? Blitz is coming. That's why, for me, it's very hard for me to go with a running back whose job is important, whose productivity is needed. But, man, without that quarterback, who's making all those decisions, pre-snap adjustments, all of that, that running back ain't got a shot. And how many times have we all seen some of the subpar quarterbacks and they don't adjust accordingly and they hand the ball to their superstar running back and he stopped dead because the quarterback didn't 
you know, he didn't audible for the protection on that side where they're blitzing, and he just, oh, okay, and he hands it off, and the guy stops in the backfield, like, regularly. You know what I mean? So that's why, for me, man, and, and when I watch that, I'm, like, amazed. And, you know, because I watch. I watch all of that. And I'm like, okay, here come the blitz. Blitz is coming on the left. And look at that. He looked right at the blitz, and then, bam, obesity right in the flat. Like, it just, it's not just the statistics. It's looking at his productivity and how he's managing. And I don't mean he's just a, like an Alex Smith game manager. I mean organized enough to attack that game. And it's just for a rookie even, man, blows me away that this guy, to me, is already on a Tony Romo level as a rookie. And when, I, when this guy can go deep regularly, when he, can, when he knows – how to read those defenses to the point where he's going downfield to Dez, to Bryce, to whoever regularly, man. <laughs> oh, man, this is, this is, I don't even want to – oh, man, I don't want to go But anyway, um, okay, so I want to end it with you because you – because uh, while my game is a big game, it may not even be a big game. Actually, I mean, I'm going to end it with K-Star, but before we go to K-Star, let me go to JB and ask JB a question. Um, right now, we're just going to talk Steelers and Cowboys, okay, because we can't, because it's our show, okay? So, right now, in case the fans out there don't know, if the Giants lose tomorrow night, Dallas has the number one seed. If the Giants win tomorrow night and Dallas wins, Dallas has the number one seed, okay? So, so obviously, um, if the Giants lose to Philly in Philly tomorrow night, then Dallas has to make some decisions about what they do for the next two weeks. I think, I think Monday night they play as normal then I think we might see some changes um, in, the, in, uh, in Philly for the last game. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's really not what I want to talk about. What I want to ask JB is Giants are playing for something because they are the only team that, you know, it, it's really interesting that it's either going to be Dallas or the Giants as the number one seed. That's it. That's it. It's going to be one of those two. And the other two will be a wild card team, which is kind of unfair because they're both, you know, you know, one with 12 and one with 10. They're the number one and number two records in the NFC. But, hey, they're both in the same division. It is what it is. <clears throat> so it's a very important game for the Giants. Philly wants to be the Giants stopper. Okay, that's what they want to do because it's a division game. So what, do you, what is your thoughts on the Giants at Philly tomorrow night? Does Philly have a chance to beat the Giants? And do you think the Giants are going to go down against Philly tomorrow night? J.B.? Uh, well, <clears throat> I would like to see, obviously, the Eagles uh, pull off the upset. Uh, I have predicted in my pick for the Giants to win uh, just because of the fact that defense is playing lights out, and I said it in the season. I said, and even after the first game when they beat the Cowboys, I said all that money that they spent on the defense, they better stop somebody. And as the season has progressed, the defense has gotten better and better and better, and it's gelled. And I think it should be a tough game because it's a, a divisional game. I don't think the Eagles are going to roll over. I think they have. I will give them one thing. Eagles always come to play. I, I rarely see them roll over, and I don't see them rolling over tomorrow night. I just think the Giants' defense is going to be the, the X factor in all of this, so that's why I have them predicted to win. Okay. All right. I'll only add this. Yes, we obviously want to see the Eagles win. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think this is one of yep. those games where Eli's going to give you a couple of chances, and I think Philly's going to be amped up. Um, 
you know, their season's over. They're five and nine or something like that. So, you know, really what they have is to go in here and beat the Giants, you know, and it's a division game. And I think if Dallas goes into Philly in the last game of the season and there's something to play for, I'm worried. Not that we can't beat Philly. We already beat them once. But I'm worried because these are the types of games that division rivals get up for. And um, that's why Dallas has to handle his business Sunday night. I mean, Monday night if the Giants win tomorrow night. But something tells me I think the Giants are the better team. But this isn't the homer in me. This is just knowing division football. I think Philly going to win this game. I I just think Philly – I I do. I think that the Giants – this is kind of what happens. The Giants back their way into the playoffs, and then they get on a little bit of a run, right? That's what everybody was saying earlier, the Giants, the Giants, the Giants. So, you know, I I just – I don't – I just – I think Philly is going to come with an attitude, and I've got nothing to lose, and I think they're going to win this game. Giants are going to take them lightly. We can beat them. We beat them before. It's really not even a way game because Philly is what, you know, two hours from New York City, uh, two hours from the Meadowlands, you know, two, two and a half hours, if that. So, you know, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm picking Philly. Not because I want it. I just – division, I just think Philly's going. Yeah, and, then, and I'm picking this that pick uh... – I think if the Giants' defense wasn't playing as well as it's been playing, I'd say the Eagles myself. I just Like I said, I think that's going to be the X factor. But your argument is valid, and, and I can see that happening. I don't I, – I'm certainly not going to discount it. And Sproles is back. He's been out for and, a couple of games. That's an X factor all by itself. That's yes, sort of sir. That's a button with something else. I just remember seeing him at yes, K-State, sir. and I was like, you know, you could be 5'6 and like a buck 90 and do the things that he does. It's it's unbelievable. And he's been doing it now. I think this is ninth year, or eighth, ninth, or tenth year, something like that. And he's still quick as a hiccup. So he brings a ton yep. of problems to the Giants that they're, they're not accustomed to seeing. So he's he's going to have uh, an impact on this game also. I agree, absolutely agree. All right, K Star, we got a different question for you, brother. Um, you got a big game on Chris, Christmas Day. You got the Steelers. You've got the Ravens, man. And if you're a football fan, forget being, you know, a Steeler or a Raven fan. Just being a football fan, man. This is, you know, December, playoffs on the line, division on the line. I mean, this is this is really what it's all about right here. This is this is what we wait for, you know. Um, and, and fortunately for K Star, he's home. You know, he's home against against the Ravens, but. Um, K-Star, you know, I know you're going to pick the Steelers, but um, this division, this is a division game, man. How do you see this game playing out? Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of it depends on if uh, the cornerback for the Ravens, Jimmy Smith, can play. Um, he's not really like a well-known commodity or anything, but the Ravens have been – he, uh, I believe the top three pass defense in the league with him in the lineup, which he's been for most of the season, and basically like a bottom five without. And he's just a team that – or a player for them that they schematically will put in one-on-one situations a lot and have a lot of trust in him, and they can't really do that without him. Uh, I know he's questionable, and so he's going to be a big difference. I mean, I don't think the game completely hinges on it, but I think that if he doesn't play, the Steelers uh, could win – at a pretty good margin, but I think with him it'll be really tight. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I of course think the Steelers will win, and the reason why, outside of 
being a Seahawks fan, of course, is that we are at home, and the Seahawks offense takes it to another level at home. And the one thing about the Ravens that has been their strength is why they've gotten uh, eight or nine wins to this point is their their defense. And you know, if you think if you assume that the Seahawks offense is going to play at how they play at home, um, then I think that gives the edge to the Steelers, especially when you consider that the Ravens offense the whole season has not been good at all. They've been getting by, and I think you need more than that to beat the Steelers at, at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, 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 you know what, I can't, I can't argue with you on this one. I think your team is just flat out better. I just think your your Steelers are flat out better. You're at home. Um, I actually would even think you would win even in Baltimore at this point. Um, I just think your team has been playing well. You're just flat out the better team. Um, you know, as long as you guys don't, you know, you know, like I said, every quarterback in the NFL, with the, with the, in my opinion, the exception of Brady. Brady almost never threw it. I mean, he's had games where he wasn't as good as we thought, but, man, the dude always comes through in the fourth quarter. You know, Ben Ben is very good. He's a four-horseman. But, you know, we've had those games with Ben where he just didn't show up. So as long as Ben doesn't have one of those games, um, I think I think this game is you guys to lose and the division is yours to lose. So I, I agree with you. So, all right, gentlemen. Um, it's actually kind of – I like 8 o'clock, man. 8 o'clock, you know, it's like almost 10. We're done, you know what I mean? I like eight o'clock, man. I don't know. We have to talk to Doctor Train or something. I don't know. I know he's on the West Coast. But damn, man, I like eight o'clock. So anyway, hey, man, it's gonna be a great weekend for football. Let me get you guys' final thoughts and words on the NFL season so far. Weekends coming up. Uh, K Star, we'll start with you. I mean, yeah, it's a big weekend. I mean, of course, we know the Steelers uh, Ravens game on Christmas, but um, this Saturday on the Eve. You know, these are all most of most of these are divisional games. You have Tampa at, and New Orleans going at it, which, I mean, you got to give a lot of respect to Tampa Bay. They seem like they're a really good up and coming team with how they played at Dallas. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of big games everywhere. We don't know necessarily who's going to win the AFC West. Um, so I'm just looking forward to a lot of these close, what I expect to be close contests because it's kind of like divisional weekend week the last last two weeks of the season. Okay. JB. Yeah, you know what? Shout out to the schedulers for for this one because they they hit the nail on the head somehow with these last couple of weeks. All these divisions that are up for grabs. I mean, we're talking about two games left to be played in a regular season, and only what four four of the twelve positions have been clinched, and, and only one division has been taken, and that's that's uh, NFC West. So shout out to the schedulers. This, this is awesome. This is what the fans want. This is what football is all about. The will to win, the the will to get the job done. So I'm I'm anxious to see, eagerly waiting to see how this weekend's games go, and obviously at the end of the uh, the the season, the regular season finale, how that's going to go too. So definitely a big shout out to the schedulers. Yeah, I mean they, you know, when they made this change a few years ago to ending, ending the year in division games, man, that was brilliant. I mean, NFL isn't always on its, you know, it's not, it's not always, um, they're not always smart, um, to be honest with you. Um, but that was a good move. You know, it really was a good move. So, um, yeah, we've got some games that are relevant. I mean, think about it. We've got two weeks to go and we only, you know, 12 teams, six in each division and, uh, and conference, and we only have two that have clinched in each conference. Only two. 
And we don't have um, – the Patriots have a bye, but we don't have a number one seed clinched in either conference just yet. Now, there's, there's, you know, there's a chance that at the end of this week we could have our number one seeds in both conference picks. But right now we don't with two weeks to go. That's phenomenal. So um, I couldn't agree more. But, hey, great show. want to thank Dr. Train uh, for being able to join us, even though uh, it's all his fault that he thought he couldn't join us. But glad that he was able to make it. Um, you know, K-Star, we don't always agree, but I always respect your football acumen. And uh, JB, hey, man, you're my brother, man. You know how we do. So, listen, I want to I wanna wish everybody, you know, they say – you're supposed to say, um, you know, happy holidays and all of that. But, um, you know, hey, man, it, it, I, think it's, uh, I think it's okay to say Merry Christmas, especially with Christmas over a few days away. And uh, hold on a second here. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I just, just bear with me. Just bear with me one second. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, hold on. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Got to let them through. Okay, guys, we, we have to let this person come through and, and say something. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not get, I'm, I am not being given a choice. This person has to come on the air and, and address the Madden Voice Nation. So uh, I, am, I am being told I have no choice. So um, um, here, here you go. We'd like to take a moment to thank you and your family for the warmth and friendship that you've shown ours, for sharing your hospitality and your stories. In this holiday season, we're reminded that the things that unite us as a people are more powerful and enduring than anything that sets us apart. And we all have a stake in each other, in something larger than ourselves. So from our family to yours, I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. All right. You know, Secret Service came through. We have such a popular show with such a huge fan base that they said, hey, hey you gotta, we got to have the president say Merry Christmas to everybody. So I had no choice in it. I'm sorry. I know he's on his way out. Trump's on his way in. But, you know, I, it is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and how many shows do you get the president saying Merry Christmas to everybody? Okay. Yeah, I know it's the same Merry Christmas play every year. Just deal with it. But anyway, so on that note. I hope everybody has a great holiday, you know, and I hope you spend it with the people that you love the most. Um, and if you can't spend it with those, then, you know, you, you, they say if you can't love the one you want, love the one you're with. So enjoy. So for Dr. Train, for K-Star, for my brother JB, enjoy the games this weekend. Merry Christmas, everybody. And we will see you next Tuesday night on the Madden Voice because, as I continue to tell you, all feuds are settled on the field.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.